We are back for another great episode of the Practical Parsha podcast. This is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn. I hope you are well. And for this week's Parsha, Parsha's Titzaveh, God willing, I hope to take a deep dive into two verses in the Parsha. And God willing, if we have enough time, explain two thoughts on each one of these verses. So before we begin, as always, if you have any questions, comments, or just would like to reach out to say hello, please don't hesitate. Feel free to send me an email, rabbishlamokonkohn at gmail.com. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Titzave. And the Parsha continues from last week with the building of the tabernacle to the vestments of the Kohanim and the Kohen Gadol. Just to give a quick overview of the Parsha, the Parsha primarily deals with the different garments of the Kohanim, the special vestments of the Kohen Gadol, how they were, how they looked, and how they were supposed to be worn. And it, additionally, it tells us about the, the I guess, the, the inauguration ritual that was held in the Mishkan and the tabernacle, as well as the Tamid offering, which was given in the morning and the afternoon. And the Parsha finishes with the Mizbeach Hazav, the golden Mizbeach, which was used for the incense, for the Ketores. Now, the first idea I wanted to share with you from this week's Parsha takes us to the first verse of the Parsha. The Parsha says, Now you shall command the children of Israel that they shall take for you pure, pressed olive oil for illumination to kindle the lamps continually. So the first Mitzvah, the first commandment in this week's parsha, is referring to the oil that is to be used for the menorah. And the oil, as we know, had to be pure olive oil. And actually, last year, on the last year's episode, which you can hear on the rebroadcast, which I dropped earlier in the week, I talked about this idea of the significance of the oil. But for this year, I wanted to focus on a different point. We know last week that the beginning words of the Parsha, it says in the first verse, or the second verse, Vaidabra Shalmoshalemar, Dabirabani Israel, Vikhuli Truma, Meis Kalisha Shayedvenulibo, Tikhu es Trumasi. That it says Hashem spoke to Moshe saying, Speak to the children of Israel and let them take for me a portion from every man whose heart motivates him. You shall take my portion. So in last week's Parsha, the commentaries discuss how the first verses of the Parsha, when it's referring to the Jewish people giving a donation to for the Mishkan, it doesn't say they shall give. It says they should give for me. I mean, Hashem says they should give for me. And the commentaries discuss the idea of when we're doing a mitzvah, who's the one benefiting? And specifically, when it's tzedakah, when we give money to somebody, who's doing a favor to who? Right? So we've talked about this in the past. But there is a concept that when you give money to charity, the person who is giving you the opportunity, the person who's asking for the donation is really doing you a bigger favor than you're doing him. Now, obviously, you're part of it. But in the scheme of things, the person who or the organization that's asking for the donation is giving you an opportunity, which is eternity. In this week's Parsha, though, it's a little different. It says, What does it say 
in this week's parsha, when it comes to um, the the mino- the oil for the menorah, you shall command the children of Israel that they should take for you pure olive oil pressed for illumination. Last week it said, "Take for me." Now, when Hashem's giving us a commandment for a mitzvah to make the olive oil in a special way, Hashem's giving us a mitzvah to do a commandment, saying, "You shall do this. You should take care of this." The Midrash comments on this verse that Hashem, that God, doesn't need the light from the menorah that we're going to light for Him. But nonetheless, He gives us a commandment to light the menorah every day. In the Beis HaMikdash, the menorah was kindled daily. And the analogy or the parable that's given in the Midrash to help us understand um, this concept is that there was once a man who was walking a blind man. And he walked this blind man a few miles to his destination. And once he got to the destination, the seeing man turns to the blind man and asks him, can you make for me a fire, please? Make for me a campfire. And he sets him up, and the blind man makes a fire for the seeing man. And he tells him that even though you won't benefit from this fire, you can't see the fire. I mean, he benefits from the warmth, but he can't benefit from the light of the fire. Nevertheless, the blind man doesn't feel totally indebted to the seeing man. He did something back for him. He was able to do something for him. Even though he won't benefit from it personally, but he doesn't feel like a schnorr, I guess, in Yiddish. That's the word for it. He doesn't feel like he's totally just taking. He's also giving. And this is the idea that the Midrash brings down when it comes to the midst of this wording in the Torah, that when Hashem tells us, tells the Jewish people to, to light the menorah, to, to have this commandment of having pure olive oil, right? They should take for you pure olive oil. Right? It, the mitzvahs are for you. That even though Hashem, that God, doesn't need the light from our menorah, and I could take this even one step further, that God doesn't need our mitzvahs. He gave us an opportunity for us to do back for Him, even though, I guess, even though He doesn't need it. He gave us a way that we could feel that we're doing for Him. And really, when it comes out from this, this is the two ideas I want to take out from this verse. Obviously, God wants us to do the mitzvot. And the first lesson that we could take from this is that we have a job in this world to emulate God. And when it comes to chesed, just like God is compassionate, does chesed, does kindness, so too we have to train ourselves to do kindness as well. So when it comes to doing a favor for others, we're conditioned, and you know I could speak firsthand that this is something which is challenging for me. When you do something for someone, you want to thank you. You want to feel you want to feel gratitude. You want to feel like you're appreciated, you're valued. And us as individuals, we have to make sure that we, when someone does something for us, we express gratitude. The Torah puts a tremendous emphasis on having gratitude. You know, the whole fact that we're called Yehudim is also has to do with, you know, Hoda'ah, which is thanks, thanking Hashem, thanking God. 
You have to be always grateful. A lot of mitzvos are focused on this idea of having gratitude. But one thing we learn from this uh, pasuk and this idea that Hashem is giving for us to do mitzvos is that when it comes to doing a kindness, we should want to do the kindness for the sake of kindness. And that means to do something, even if it means we're not going to get a thank you afterwards, even if we think we're not appreciated, we're doing it because it's the right thing to do. And that's something we learn from the parsha because we see Hashem doesn't need our mitzvos. He, he doesn't need the menorah's light. He's doing it for us, totally for us, that we should not feel indebted, that we should feel like we're doing something towards back for him. So the idea is that we should take this lesson one step forward that at least to try in certain areas, you know, obviously it's unhealthy to be in a relationship that's a one-way relationship, but there's a concept of just unlimited chesed, that we should do something because it's the right thing to do. And, and I'm not saying this is an easy thing to do always. You know, I myself, like I said, I struggle with this sometimes because, you know, I feel, do I do things, I don't feel appreciated. But sometimes I try to tell myself that I'm just doing this because this is the right thing to do. And this is what Hashem wants for me. This is what God wants for me. And that in itself, that satisfaction of itself should help us to feel good about the things that we're doing. And you know what? Sometimes you do something. You do a chesed. You do a mitzvah. No one knows about it. And it's it, it just, there's a certain peace, a certain level of, of connecting to Hashem that you get. It's like you're doing a mitzvah lishma. You're doing it for the sake of the mitzvah for no, or no other reason. You're doing it for the sake of the mitzvah and no other reason. And there's a certain special feeling you get when you do that. So I'm not saying it's always easy to do this, but the point is we have to have this idea in our mind to do something because it's the right thing. To do the chesed, even without gratitude in return, even without the thank you. And we should be happy that we did it. Another point on this pasuk, right? That the wording of the of the parsha that you shall you shall command the children of Israel that they should take for you pure olive oil, right? Press for illumination. Is this idea about mitzvos? That when we think about mitzvos, how do we think about them? Do we look at it as six hundred thirteen opportunities? Or do we look at it as 613 problems? There's a big difference there, right? So if we look at the mitzvos, that they're for us, it's not just, you know, Shabbos is not just about things we can't do. Rather, it's a precious gift. You know, people who have taken on Shabbos, who've started observing Shabbos, they'll tell you that in the beginning, it was very challenging. But once they start doing it, they realize how precious of a gift it is. They can't live without Shabbos. You know, you think at other mitzvot, are we looking at it as we're doing a favor for God? Like, you know, God, I'm, I'm being a good boy. You know, we're doing a good thing. Or we're looking at that it's doing for us. It's doing for us. It's keeping us. You know, it's making us better. And it's actually interesting because the Midrash in Vayikra Rabbah brings down that the mitzvot were given for no other reason than to refine the Jewish people. You know, we have to look at mitzvahs, and I've talked about this many times, that the core essence of a mitzvah, even though we want to understand what we're doing and we want to appreciate the mitzvahs that we do, it's important. We're supposed to learn about what we do and have a meaning and the depth. But we have to know under all the reasons and under all the meanings and on all the depth that we do mitzvahs because God told us to do the mitzvahs. And that's 
one point which I'd like to bring out. But aside from that, we're talking about reasons and refining the Jewish people. This medrash is very interesting because it fits right into this idea. Because you think about mitzvos, and the the only way us as human beings become better people is by practicing what we preach. We can't just talk about things; we have to put it into action. You know, and and a a benefit. You know, one of the ways, I guess, of the way that the mitzvos refine us is that we have to act compassionately. And there's mitzvahs that we do that show that compassion. We have to act, you know, we have to love Hashem. We have to love our fellow Jew. We have to, lo- we, we have to do all these things. And there's mitzvos that help us actualize the ideas that we talk about in the Torah to put it into action to help us become the people who we want to become. So it comes out that the mitzvos are for us. They're not problems that we have to try to get around. Rather, they're opportunities that help uplift us to make us better people, more spiritual people, more compassionate people, you know, more loftier people. And that's another lesson that we see from this week's Parsha, that when it says for you, that they should take for you, that even though the lighting of the menorah, it's in, it was in God's house. It was to light up the tabernacle. But it wasn't for him. It was for us. And this is the idea when it comes to any mitzvah, that the mitzvah is not us doing a favor for Hashem. It's not us doing a favor for God. It's God giving us an opportunity to be better and to refine ourselves to get to a higher and higher level. The next ideas I want to share with you today take us to the fourth Pasuk of this week's Parsha. And the Parsha, like I mentioned earlier, tells us in detail the Bigodim, the vestments of the Kohanim, the vestments of the priest, of the high priest, the Kohen Gadol. The Pasuk reads, These are the vestments that they should make. A breastplate, an ephod, a robe, a tunic of a box-like knit, a turban, and a sash. And they shall make these vestments of sanctity for Aaron, your brother, and his sons, to minister to me. Now, before I share these two ideas that focus in on this Pasuk, there's a fascinating Gemara, fascinating portion of the Talmud relates to this week's Parsha. The Talmud in Shabbos states different stories that happened to Hillel and Shammai. And there once was a non-Jewish person who was walking by the study hall and he heard the words from this week's parsha. Right? He heard the children reading, learning from this week's parsha. And he said, Who is the person that wears these beautiful garments that they were describing? And he says, The children told him that it's the Kohen Gadol, the high priest. So this non Jewish man thought to himself, He said, I'm going to become. The Kohen Gadol, I'll convert and I will become the leader of the Jewish people. I get to wear these beautiful garments. So he goes to Shammai, who was known to be perhaps more sharp, and he asks Shammai, please convert me so I could be the Kohen Gadol. And Shammai pushes him away. He says, sorry, we're not converting you. He goes to Hillel, and Hillel converts him. Now, the Talmud relates there 
that while he was in the process of converting this non-Jew, Hillel tells him, he says, you know, you want to become the Kohen Gadol, who's the leader of the Jewish people. You need to learn the correct portions about royalty, about Jewish royalty, about kingship. Go study the portions in the Torah that deal with the king. And then you'll be able to uh, be the Kohen Gadol. So he says, you're right. He told Hillel, you know, I don't, I don't know anything. I need to study these things. So after studying for a short while, he came upon the Pasuk that says in the Torah, you know, a stranger who approaches shall die. And he asked Hillel, says, who is this referring to? Who is this talking about when it says that uh, a stranger who, who goes in, I think referring to the Beis Amigdash, to the Holy of Holies, will die? Who is that talking about? He says, even King David, David HaMelech, who was from the tribe of Yehuda, he wasn't a Kohen, would be considered a stranger in the Beis Hamikdash. The convert then said to himself, he said, if somebody who was born Jewish, right, and he was even the king, cannot become the Kohen Gadol, then certainly me, who just joined later, cannot become the Kohen Gadol. Despite giving up his dream to be the Kohen Gadol, the convert did not regret his decision, and rather he went back to Hillel and said, and said to him, Balaf Nehil Amrlay, he then came before Hillel and said to him, An Vanasam Hillel Yanuchulach Brachis Al Reshecha. Hillel, the humble one, let blessings come come to rest upon your head. Shehikrivtani Tachas Kanfeashina. For through your gentle and unassuming guidance, you brought me under the wings of the divine presence. And he was giving Hillel a blessing that he dealt with him in the proper way. That although he at first came to Hillel with you know a, a, a foolish request, seemingly not sincere, Hillel the elder, he knew how to deal with him in the proper way that he could recognize on his own that he was incorrect, but yet at the same time appreciate what he was about to do and what he did. And that's why he came back to Hillel to give him that blessing. And there's two thoughts that I want to bring out that relate to this story, which really sources itself to the Kohen Gadol, to the vestments of the Kohen Gadol, which are from this week's Parsha. The first idea, which I saw brought down from a friend, is that we see from this story the importance of knowing how to deal with people in the proper way. Hillel saw this individual, and obviously he recognized that he was sincere. You know, he wasn't taking in people just because they wanted to be Jewish. He took in people who were sincere about their commitment to observing the Torah, to observing mitzvot. So he obviously saw he was sincere. But he had, at the same time, he knew how to deal with him in the proper way that he wouldn't have driven him away from Judaism. He knew how to bring him in in the proper format, the proper mahalach, the proper outlook, the proper communication, that he shouldn't be insulted, but yet at the same time he should be encouraged to go further. And ultimately, he recognized his mistake on his own and came back to give a blessing to Hillel. You know, so many times in life we have family members, we have friends, and to us, it seems like they're making a mistake. And we want to give our advice. You know, this is especially true when it comes to children. And I'm sure many of you 
know this better than me. I'm just a, a young parent, right? I like to say that. Still young. But the point is, is that we don't want our children to make certain mistakes. But at the same time, the children don't necessarily want to hear the advice that we have to offer. And we see from this week's from the story in the Gemara in, in Shabbos, that you have to know how to deal with people in the proper way. That sometimes the advice you want to give, maybe it won't be listened to now, maybe we shouldn't give the advice now, but you have to know how to deal with people. How do you say it, being strong, being soft, you know, and there's, there's no handbook that tells you when you're supposed to do certain things. It's called seichel. You have to use your seichel, your intellect and your, your emotion. This is something we have to work on when dealing with people. You know, when to say something, when not to say something. You know, and this is just very important because the expression is you could help people, but, you know, you, you could bring a horse to water, but you can't force them to drink. And we have to be cognizant of this when we're dealing with others, when we're giving advice to, you know, we can't force people to do something. We could try to offer our help. We could offer ideas and say, do you want to do this? But we can't get frustrated and get upset if people don't take our advice. And number two is you never know that if you give it in the proper way and you do it in the proper fashion, the people might come back to you like this convert, right, and give you a blessing for doing it that proper way, right? There's so many stories of people that, you know, they were dealt with in the proper way, how years later they came back into the fold, right? They they were, and they, it was all because of the interaction they had that, you know, this and this person cared about them or he didn't scream at them or he appreciated them. And this is a important lesson that we learn from this week's Parsha. A second thought on this verse that I wanted to bring out is that when it comes to criticism, when it comes to correcting someone, you know, timing is everything. And how we do it is everything. And, you know, again, and not that we're trying to be critical. Sometimes it's necessary to give some positive reinforcement. And even correcting somebody, we shouldn't just give in to our instincts to correct someone on a whim. Sometimes it's more appropriate to not say something and at, a, at the right moment to bring it up. And we know this, this idea is brought down in Perkyavos. Do not appease somebody in, this, in his moment of anger. You know, don't try to make amends when people are angry at you. And this is really in all parts of our life, advice when trying to make amends with somebody, timing, and we have to make sure to do things at the right moment and in the right way. And this really ties together with the first idea, but I want to we really learn out these thoughts from this week's Parsha, how dealing with people, we have to learn how to deal with everyone in the appropriate fashion, to not just give in to our whims, but to do it with the seichel, with the intellect, with the understanding, like Hill the Elder, to guide people in the proper way that they should always have that positive feeling, that good feeling when they walk away and that, so that eventually, God willing, they'll come to bless you. So that's going to finish for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to reach out, feel free to send me an email at rabbishlomokon, K-O-H-N, at gmail.com. Have a great day.